0: Welcome to episode three of the Baseball Beats podcast. I'm your host, Patrick, aka BB everywhere, Twitch, YouTube, and TikTok too. Thanks for, uh, we're almost at 2100 on uh, TikTok right now. So that's pretty cool. Thank you for everybody out there. Uh, today's episode, talking about the log jam that is the AL East. What's going on with Nolan Arenado? We're going to cap it out with... Probably my favorite Outcast album of all time, Idlewild. I've been getting great feedback on the podcast here. Um, thank you to all who have subscribed. If you haven't already, um, just search Baseball Beats Podcasts wherever you get them. I'm on Spotify, Stitcher, I think Pandora, you know, Apple Podcasts too, if I haven't said that already. So yeah, uh, feel free to subscribe. If you do, please rate five stars because that pushes us up more and more um, every day so we can get this out to more people. I would like to do a video podcast version of this, um, but you know, it, it all depends on the feedback I get from you guys and you know where we want to go with this. I've been putting stuff on my TikTok, little snippets of each episode so you guys can see kind of what I'm talking about. So if it's something that interests you, again, please listen, like, subscribe, all that jazz. So let's get it going. At the time of recording this, the AL East is... Pretty close, other than, obviously, the Rays, who are 27-6. and six. Uh, But the Orioles, Red Sox, Blue Jays, and Yankees are all within about six games of each other. And, obviously, I think more people thought the Yankees would be better. Uh, you know, I don't really have to go too much into that. We'll dive in a little bit more. But um, we'll first, first start off with the Rays. Uh, they've obviously got off to the hot start. We talked about it, I think, last podcast, um, just basically winning every single game to start the year, only losing six so far, which is crazy to see. Um, kind of like Seattle Mariners-esque from the early 2000s when they had Griffey and all those people. Um, but yeah, so the, the Rays, just looking at their team, um, I'll go through each team, top three wins above replacement players and kind of touch on each. So I really was uh, intrigued by this, but obviously Wanda Franco is their number one guy Um both offensively and defensively I mean as a shortstop to be able to hit six homers you know steal seven bases this close into the season and he's also got a 370 OBP so you know as as your shortstop position having potentially your best hitter maybe other than Yandy Diaz I guess who has started the year off pretty hot as well I think he's got a 1047 OPS so so Wander is going to be number one, obviously, as long as he's an above average hitter at the shortstop position, much like if you're a catcher or center fielder, same thing. If you're hitting for power and you have speed, you're going to be high up in the wins above replacement category. Uh, number two would be Randy Rosarena. Um, he's got a solid, solid 1.6 war. <laughs> um, he's probably their best hitter, I would say. Maybe, you know, I did mention Yandy Diaz, but... Uh, Randy overall, he's got nine homers, um, 30 ribbies. So he's the guy that's driving in everybody, uh, at the time, you know, OPS plus 186, really good. Um, one of the things that hurts Yandi uh, as in the wins about replacement category is that he's a first baseman. So traditionally your big hitters are going to be playing first. Um, so, you know, unless he's a defensive genius, which he's not, um, you're always going to be kind of hurt in that aspect. Number three, which really surprised me, was Taylor Walls. So last year, uh, Yankees fans really got to not liking the guy out He's said that they're basically not anything and they could take him, yada yada. <laughs> um, but he last year was known as just uh utility infielder, really good infielder. Don't get me wrong. Um, you know, that could play second and short at a very high level, gold glove caliber almost, but was allergic to hitting the ball. Well, He's still playing that same great defense, but this year he has five homers and he's has a nine forty three OPS, which is way above where he usually is for his career. While it's difficult for pitchers to show up in your wins above replacement, it's still worth noting their entire pitching staff. <laughs> um, you know, as I said before, you can put out basically anybody and I would think because they're a race pitcher, they're really good at pitching. But you know Shane McClanahan obviously still kind of the stalwart of their team, but Jeffrey Jeffrey Springs was doing great until he hit the 60-day uh, IL um, in the in the bullpen. Jason Adam seems to be the guy that's going to be the closer now, and uh, he's got some wacky numbers a 3.07 ERA plus, which the average is 100, so that's that's pretty great. 13 innings, uh, striked out 17 batters, so only gave up two earned runs so far in 13 13 and a third. So um, other great guys. You know, Jalen Bees, Colin Pache, Garrett Clevinger is out there, Josh Fleming, Yanni Torinos. I mean, the entire team is just full of bullpen pitchers that I feel like any of them could spot start. And that's kind of scary for a playoff team. Are you a music enthusiast who's looking to collect vinyl records or adding to your already growing collection? Then you should check out the VinylSwap.net, your one-stop online store for all your vinyl records. At the VinylSwap.net, you'll find a vast selection of vinyl records ranging from classic rock to jazz to hip-hop and everything in between. Whether you're a seasoned collector or just starting your vinyl journey, you're sure to find something that piques your interest. And the best part? You get a whopping 20% off of your purchase by using the code ODDBALL at checkout. That's right. Enter ODDBALL at checkout. You'll get 20% off your entire order. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to vinylswap.net and browse their extensive collection and get your hands on your favorite vinyl records today. Don't forget to use the code oddball at checkout for an amazing discount. Next up, the Baltimore Orioles. I'm just happy to see them do well, you know, after being in the basement for so long, going through the Chris Davis years. Um, I call them. And here we are now. They're three above replacement leaders. You got Jorge Mateo. Former Yankee great, by the way, uh, their shortstop. Again, another shortstop that's hitting for power, and and he can steal some bases, too. Six homers, 11 stolen bases so far. So we could be looking at a 30-30 guy as a possibility. Um, By OPS Plus standards and by OPS, he's their best hitter. Uh, 154 OPS Plus, 925 OPS. Um, So what a great start for him. The second guy on their team, which I actually recently did a TikTok video on that you should be investing in, on your MLB the show Diamond Dynasty team is Yin is it yanier Yenier, Yenier? Canel. I want to make sure I say it right Yenier Cano. Um, he's their second win's above replacement guy at 1.3 wins above replacement. So while he's not a starter, he he's kind of it's it's weird with him right? because Felix Bautista is really the guy that's supposed to be closing games. But it seems like anytime they put in Cano, I mean, they've already pitched him in 14 innings and he doesn't have an ERA. <laughs> he struck out 16 batters in 14 innings, only he's given up two hits. So his whip right now is a 0.143. Um, and if you're looking at FIP, it's 1.28. So basically he's prime Pedro right now coming out of the bullpen for them. If you look at his pitches, they he only features, I think, two or three pitches and they... I'll break amazingly. Um, So that's why people can't get hits off him. And that's why he's up there with the Windsor bar replacement leaders. The third guy, which isn't shocking to me. I really thought he'd be first. Honestly, is Adley Rushman, Um, 845 OPS, 138 OPS plus again, he's a catcher. So as long as you can hit as a catcher, you're going to get a high Windsor Bar replacement. One of the things that is really nice out of him is 26 walks. So, He's sporting a fancy 412 OBP right now, you know, put him at the plate, you know, with Jorge Mateo hitting in front of him. I mean, it's going to be difficult to which one do you focus on, right? Do you let Mateo take second because he's just gonna or do you let Adley uh, get get a hit? So um, great stuff from the Orioles this year. Next up, the Boston Red Sox. So this team is not the Red Sox of the past. Probably, in my opinion, and don't hate me for this, one of the least talented teams they've had in a long time. But they are playing exciting baseball, at least, and that's what matters, right? So they're uh, top three wins above replacement leaders. Uh, to be truthful, I only knew about one of these guys in the past three years. Um, Alex Verdugo would be that guy. at 1.3 wins above replacement. So he's uh notched a couple of winning hits for them. As most Red Sox fans remember, he's what they got in return for Mookie Betts, so obviously he's never going to live up to that, but he can still be at least a solid contributor to their team, which he is so far this year. Next up, this was kind of a shocker to me, but it's uh, Jaron Duran. So he's only had 72 plate appearances at the time of this uh, recording, but he's batting 406, and he has an 1116 OPS. So he doesn't qualify necessarily as like a league leader because it doesn't have enough plate appearances, but, um, he's definitely been, I guess their best player when he's playing, uh, which is wild. Now he obviously was a top prospect, um, for the, for the Red Sox, but I didn't, obviously this isn't, you know, sustainable to hit like this, but I guess ride it while you can, but 1.3 wins above replacement within, you know, 72 at bats it's pretty damn good when you consider you get what 500 a season no 300 300 a season 500 300 ah, something like that lastly their uh third wins replacement lever leader excuse me is connor wong the guy i always get confused with colton wong because they have the same last name <laughs> um interesting stat about connor wong i got a buddy shout out to travis that is a big fan of the Red Sox and. He always has me check out the StatCast pages and stuff like that for him. And Connor Wong is actually the second fastest catcher in the league by sprint speed, right behind JT Real muto which is cool. Um You know, he's not lighting the world on fire uh, batting. Um 479 slugging is pretty good, but um he's not really known for his batting. He's actually been a above average defender at catcher, so as long as... The catcher position, you're hitting above average and you're playing above average defense. You're going to be one of the best in the league. And so far, Connor Wong is that. Now, with the Red Sox, their hitting's never the problem. Or I should say their hitting wasn't what they were worried about. It's the pitching. And uh, rightfully so. Kind of just going down, looking through with their pitchers. Now, none of their starters have an ERA plus above 100. So again, 100 is the baseline. It basically takes you know what an average ERA is and kind of if you use a big word extrapolates that and gets you a hundred. So every one of their starters is below hundred, with Nick Pavetta being the closest at ninety four. Um, but their starters not great. You know, Chris Sale is not the Sale he used to be, which obviously is. I mean, we knew he wasn't going to be Ryan Bayo, still young, so I'm not worried about that. But they got Kluber in there as a. As a starter, um, kind of it for him. Um, their bullpen's pretty good though. You know, they have Kenley Jansen who's been great. Uh, he's, I think, uh, yeah, eight games so far, um, seven saves. So, all great. Um, Josh Wich- Wichikowski, Wichikowski, Wich- 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 winchkowski <laughs> He's also been great too. 1.61 ERA over 22 and a third. So, great relief effort by him because obviously these starters don't go deep into the game. So, He's been doing great. Um, Josh Schreiber, another or sorry, John Schreiber, another great uh pitcher for them. Uh 260 area plus 3.16 Fip. So boring numbers for you. But the problem isn't the bullpen. It's gonna be it's gonna be those starters. So see if they can turn it around for the Sox. Next up, the Toronto Blue Jays. So with the Blue Jays, they're featuring two of the best hitters in the league this year and neither of them are named Vladimir grow jr. So pretty interesting, but in terms of wins above replacement, their top three guys, number one, and not shocking, Matt Chapman, um, Matt Chapman has been the best player in the league so far as a hitter. Um, he's essentially found, well, he's always had power, right? But he's never like put it all together at once. So, you now he has the power with his gold, gold glove defense and probably platinum glove defense, if not for maybe Cabrian Hayes. Shout out, Pirates. Um, five homers, 21 ribbies, batting 350 with a 437 OBP. So he's getting on base almost half the time right now, and he's playing that wonderful gold glove caliber defense, too. Next up, Bo Bichette. So he's at a 1.6 war. He usually, I think he's led the league in hits the past couple of years um and he's at it again he's got 46 hits so far through the season uh batting 329 OBPs 369 so not taking a lot of a lot of uh, pitches but um 898 OPS again shortstop in playing above average offense so here you go for your wins above replacement next up and your third is going to be Vlad Jr so he is still up there batting 318 not you know, you can't really take that away from him. He's got two stolen bases this year, though. So he's out here with the wheels. But their their team's success, obviously, other than those three guys, I mean, they still have other hitters on the team. Whit Merrifield still exists out there. Dalton Varsho, who they got from the Diamondbacks, um, as basically a backup catcher, uh, to Jansen and Kirk, but he's playing the outfit for them. Not great, great, but he's he's still he's probably an 800 ops guy. Uh Kiermaier's out there. Obviously, you know my love for Kiermaier if you've been hanging around the Twitch streams. So there's your gold Gloves center center fielder. Still have George Springer and uh they signed Brandon Belt who hasn't been that great, but um so their offense is stacked. They're, they got a stacked offense. Uh pitching-wise, it's been not as great as it should in my opinion. So they got uh Kevin Gossman. um Chris Bassett, but I think really where they're missing is Alec Manoa and Jose Barrios right now. So Barrios had a terrible year last year, but prior to that, he was one of the best pitchers in the league. So not sure what happened there. Maybe that's another topic for another day. But Manoa has really taken a step back this year. So 91 ERA plus, but again, he was one of the best pitchers in the league last year. Uh fit at five fifty. A good FIP is a three. So he's he's up there. Four seven one ERA. If you care about wins and losses, he's one and two. Um If Kikuchi is a better pitcher than you are right now, which he shouldn't be, but he is, um, then that's a problem for Manoa. Bullpen, obviously still got uh, Jordan Romano. Eric Swanson's out there, um, another great relief pitcher. So, you know, if they're going to compete and take the AL East, I think you want to see that bullpen be a little bit better. They still have Nate Pearson, too, on the team, who I'm a big fan of, but. You know, he doesn't seem to be putting it together just yet. He's only pitched four and a third, but when he was coming up, man, he he was one of the guys that had a 102 mile per hour fastball and it just, it's not, it's not there anymore. So I, I don't know what happened. Lastly, the New York Yankees. So, uh, I'm very in tune with the Yankees as a pirates fan and married to one of their fans. Um, Obviously, we always take their catcher and use them as a, in, the, in the Pirates haven't done that this year though, so that's kind of a bummer. But um, Aaron Judge has been hurt, that hasn't helped. But their top three WAR guys, and this was kind of shocking. I think um, as a pitcher to get to be your best wins above replacement guy, you better be damn good, and that is what Garrett Cole is this year. He's a 2.4 wins above replacement. So out of all the guys I've mentioned, um, Garrett Cole's been the top player out of the five teams in terms of wins about replacement. Um, quick thing on him, he's 5-0. and Again, I don't really care about that necessarily. 46 and two-thirds, 52 strikeouts. ERA plus of 317 and a FIP of 216. So uh, 2.16, I should say. So Cole's basically been uh, dominating uh, as batters. Um, it, he's got even a complete game shutout, which you rarely see anymore. But um, he's basically the guy that's holding the starting rotation up because if you look at it, it's... Domingo Herman, Nestor Cortez, Clark Schmidt, and Johnny Brito, and Domingo Herman has been, I think, passable. I think he's been an average pitcher for them. Uh, he had a great outing the other night. Um, he went into the ninth, I believe, and then they took him out and they blew the game. Whatever. Nestor hasn't been as great. Um, he's in 4.91 ERA, 33 innings. Clark Schmidt and Johnny Brito are obviously just fillers um, for the time being. As you know, they have just multiple injuries all over the damn place. So, Carlos Rodon obviously was signed um, in the offseason and he's yet to make his appearance. Uh, Frankie Montas was traded for last year. Um, he's on a 60 day IL and he's probably not going to pitch this year either. So, you know, the team's already hurting there. So, but you have Luis Severino also about to come back. So, and once he does, this is probably the best starting rotation in. The AL East, at least in my opinion they have some other injuries too at the bullpen um you know they have tommy canley's probably not pitching this year scott f Lutravino Trevino. so those are three decent guys there that won't hit pitch this year and clay holmes has just not been that guy um blowing a lot of games i feel like the only four saves this year but, and when I say a lot of games, only two games, <laughs> but still anytime you look at anything negative on the Yankees side, it's like the world's falling apart. So now that, you know, I've gone through each team as it sits now, like I said, the razor in first We're only ahead by four and a half games. So it's not crazy Orioles behind them. Then behind them is a red Sox, blue Jays, then the Yankees. Now, do I think this is how it looks at the end of the year? Great question. Um, no <laughs> so I just looking at like like we just touched on the Yankees injuries right a lot of their key contributors judge you know Stanton's out um you know I mentioned Rodon Luis Severino uh, those guys being out that's that's their kind of their three biggest guys right or four biggest guys I apologize and I don't see them finishing in last place now I think the Red Sox are performing way above where they should be you know they're 20 and 14 right now I, I I don't see how that stays you know according to their simulations and all that stuff they really should be 19 and 15 so they've only won one extra game than they should but just from a talent standpoint I think it's the weakest team out of the th- out of the five um, if I'm guessing right now it would be, yeah, it, it would be Tampa first, Yankees second. I'm going to go Blue Jays third, Orioles fourth, Red Sox fifth. Orioles, I can see a path to them being the second best team as long as they're buyers at the deadline and not traders. Traders, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Sellers, that's what I meant. But. I just don't see the Red Sox finishing this high, and I think the above-average Red Sox fan would agree with you—not <laughs> the one that's like ride or die, like you know what I mean. Uh, or I don't want to say delusional, but you know, um, feel free. Like if I'm wrong on this, I I'll completely own it. But yeah, once once health permitting, Yankees get back their players. I I don't see that they're better than the Rays, but I think they're second in the division and gathering one of the wildcard spots. All right, switching gears, we are on to seeing what's happening with Nolan Arenado. So for those that aren't familiar with what's been going on with Nolan Arenado, um, obviously he's a gold glover, uh, MVP candidate, um, just a great third baseman. But this year, he's really, really taken a step back. Uh, his traditional stats, two forty-two. You look at that. You know that's about average for the majors, but it's not average for Nolan. Um, only a two ninety-five OBP, three twenty slugging, and for a solid terrible six fifteen OPS, two homers, fifteen ribbies, and it's not really Nolan's fault that the Cardinals team. It's actually not Nolan's fault at all that the Cardinals team is doing as bad as they are. I personally think it's a coaching thing, but this it's not about that. <laughs> this is about Nolan. Um, he's just really taking a step back. And so I looked in to see what's going on with him. So we'll start from the beginning. You know, I'll, I'll look at the defense first and the defense is still there. He's still, uh, is outs above average. He's in the 96 percentiles, meaning he's, there's only 4% of players better at defense than him in the league, which obviously I think people would, would agree with. Um, so he still has the gold glove caliber defensive third baseman in him, but, what he doesn't have is any of his hitting stats. Like, they're all gone. So I looked at why it's it's just so bad this year, and it's really simple. Um, he's facing more breaking pitches than he's ever faced in his career. So he's facing 41.2% of his pitches are breaking pitches. Um, again, highest he's ever had in his career. It's actually almost a 5% jump from last year. He's also facing, because of that, the increased breaking pitches, he's facing less fastballs. So he's only facing fastballs now 49.3% of the time. Again, which is a career low, I guess I would say. Um, and a five percent decrease from last year, almost a 10% decrease over the past couple of years. So pitchers have figured out, let's stop grooving some fastballs to Nolan and uh start pitching him more breaking stuff. And it's it showed this year. He's grounding out Almost half of his at-bats, 44% of the time right now, which is another career high for him. And he's also making weak contact at a rate higher than he ever has um, at 4%. Um, for reference, the average ground out rate for Nolan's career, he's a 35.2% ground ball rate guy. Uh, MLB average is 44.8%. So obviously he's you know, 9% more grounding out than he ever has before. And obviously that's, uh, you can see that happening because of the breaking balls that he's thrown. The weak contact, like I had mentioned before MLB average is 3.8. So he's above, av- above the MLB average on weak contact. He's his career average is 2.1%. So he's doubled his weak contact this year on pitches. And and it all makes sense. You know, you go down through the line for his career, every single year, almost all of his best pitches that he hits are some sort of fastballs or cutters or sinkers. So, those are your high-speed pitches. You know, last year his best pitch to hit was a fastball. Shocker there. He batted 311. Um, You know, back in I don't count 2020 because 2020 was weird for everybody. <laughs> but back in 2019, uh, his best pitch to hit was a sinker. Uh, back in 2017, which he was, I think, the best player in the league at hitting fastballs. Uh, he actually gained 30 runs on fastballs uh, for the Rockies back when he was there, uh, batting 332. So he, I don't know why it took pitches, I guess, so long to figure this out, but he's facing these breaking pitches more than he ever has before. Um, and breaking pitches too, those are, so when I say fastball, fastballs are four seam, two seam, cutter, sinkers. Breaking pitches are the slower stuff. So your sliders, your curves, your knuckles. The slurves um, or the new pitch that you're you're seeing is the sweeper, which is just a sweeping curve. But that's really what's going on with Nolan. Uh, People have figured out that throwing fastballs to him, uh, you probably just shouldn't anymore. (laughs) And uh, just stick with the breaking stuff. And he just doesn't seem to be able to handle that. We'll see if he makes an adjustment on it. But I will say that the Cardinals overall need an entire team adjustment. At this point, with how bad they've been. On to my favorite Outcast album. No, it's not Speaker Box Love Below. No, it's not AT Aliens. It is Wild. and reason being, I don't have a good reason. <laughs> yeah, I mean, obviously AT Aliens is a is a wonderful album. Speaker Box Love Below, same thing, and we all know songs from those. But I think. If if I were to to make a observation of why I liked Idlewild so much, it, I think it's because it was Outcast's last album, and I know that there is a movie. It's not really a soundtrack for the movie, but it's more of like a, like a companion listen to the movie because it does feature stuff from from Idlewild movie, but it's it's kind of a good way to like end their careers together. Like it just sounds how the album ends. It kind of gives a good sense of closure when it was released. It uh, started at second, uh, the second best album out. um, And it actually, it did peak at number one um, and actually went platinum, which I was kind of shocked by, you know, you go on Spotify, you look at the, uh, the tracking, the track list and the most popular song on here is one of my favorite songs, which I'll go over in a bit is Morris Brown's 7.2 million plays, but everything else is like 2 million, 1 million. Some of are under hundred thousand, which is um, pretty wild to me because in 2006 when it was released, I mean, Outcast is still a thing, but I I don't know if they just didn't push the album enough or uh, I'm, I'm not sure, but this was, like I said, the, the last album, um, For outcast kind of a bummer but 2006 man wasn't that long ago so if we go through the track list obviously got some in in inside of the album we have some you know skits in between so the intro isn't really necessarily a skit but it's kind of is i guess um we got infatuation it that's another interlude into into you um, no bootleg DVDs. That's another interlude. Zora. That's another one. Um, that actually goes into uh, a song with Janelle Monae called "Call the Law," which is that's a decent song too. Uh, Bamboo and Cross. That's um, Big Boy's Kids as an interlude. You're Beautiful. Another interlude. So the album's longer than it seems uh, by the track list, but it's not really because you have those interludes in between um, a couple of the songs. So. We're going to start off with my favorite song in the whole album, and I think I can say favorite. You know, typically I'm just like, oh, these are the three I like, but um, this is the one I played the most of, which was Hollywood Divorce featuring Snoop Dogg and Lil Wayne. Off like a wife and Baby the song opens uh, with Andre 3000 singing... Eh, you know, he's not really that great of a singer, but he tries. Um, uh, but it goes right into uh, his first verse, and that's with Lil Wayne. And he's just full. I, I don't have to go much into Lil Wayne. I mean, everybody knows, man, he's full of double entendres and, and, and his rap pattern. And just he's such a smart, probably one of the smartest rappers um, around this time period and probably of all time um, with the way that he bends words and makes them rhyme when they shouldn't. And it's just a great beginning uh, verse. And then it rolls right into Andre 2000, then big boy, and then finally uh, finishing up with Snoop Dogg. And again, this is just, you know, you look at the lyrics and it's just full, full, full of um, amazing, you know, rhyme patterns and connections and schemes. And, and just from top to bottom, man, I played this song so much and throughout college and even before. And it's another one of those good songs that has a great beat to it, too. So it's kind of intoxicating just listening to it over and over and over again. But at the end, they basically, they meaning uh, Andre 3000, talks about how basically, you know, they come up with wonderful music uh, and it just keeps getting stolen over and over and over and over again. And he goes, look at blues, rock, jazz, rap not even talking about music, everything else too. By the time it reaches Hollywood, it's over. But it's cool. We just keep it going and make new shit. So he's basically saying, look, man, we create this great stuff from our inception, and it just keeps getting stolen over and over and over again. Hollywood takes it, ruins it. Now we got to come up with something new. And um, that's so, I mean, it goes for a lot of stuff, man. Once it hits Hollywood, it's kind of run its course, and you have to... You know, go in the direction of trying to find that new thing and um, capitalizing on it as best you can, which rolls into the name Hollywood Divorce, right? Not only are they sick of Hollywood because of they keep stealing our stuff, but they're also Hollywood Divorce. They're kind of done. Um, Again, this is outcast meaning they're done. And uh, it's kind of sad, right? But the song itself just carries a lot of meaning um, throughout. I really thought it should have been the last song on the album too but it wasn't my next favorite song on this album is morris brown what i like about morris brown is it involves you know this big band swingy style of music um that goes on throughout and even the style that they rap in too, it's kind of like swingy, um, and it's it's really cool from a modern album to be able to dive back into older music like that, um, but create their own, create it in their own way. It also featured the college, uh, Morris Brown College, and that's why it's called Morris Brown. And what an experience for the people that went to college there to be able to help produce a song with Outkast uh, that. You know your your band's in. I mean, that's I couldn't think of anything cooler, man. That would be amazing, uh, an amazing opportunity. One of the other notes in this song is that uh, Janelle Monae's in it, but she's not accredited, uh, but her voice is in this song too. And she's and you'll find Janelle Monae like I know she's been around for a bit, but um, she's got her roots in a lot of Outcast music and uh, Outcast adjacent songs uh, and productions like Seal Green and people like that. My third song in Idlewild would be Into You. The bass line in this is just it, it carries it, right? It's a do 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 da, do 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 So it just pushes it through the song and you just kind of roll through this song uh, without cast. Now, the song's called Into You. Um, it's it's basically about wanting to be with someone, but he doesn't want any commitment for it. If you, if you know what I mean, (laughs) and it's, it's just a funny, uh, kind of lighthearted song, but he's like right up front. He's like, look, it's, uh, the hook is, I want to get into you. I don't know what, I don't want no girlfriend just want to get into you. And, uh, big boy talks about his, about his time. You know, I don't know if it's in college or if it's in high school, (laughs) but, uh, basically just trying to say about how his time trying to uh, be with people that he didn't want to have long-term relationships with. If, uh, if you're catching me here, but um, it's, it's just a funny song and the beat again, it's one of those that gets stuck in your brain. Uh, and that bass line just pushes you through the song. And when it's over, it kind of is, is a bummer. Um, but there's a little snippet at the end, the big boy just saying, see you later. one of the things he says is i love you only at this moment maybe not tomorrow kisses toodles (laughs) so it's just a funny lighthearted song so that would be it for episode three um thank you guys very much for listening subscribing and rating and and everything in between um again find me on tiktok youtube twitch all at oddball bb like baseball bb um I really appreciate you guys there. Thank you for listening again. Feel free to hit me up on TikTok or Twitch or YouTube wherever. Um, I'm down for any ideas, any songs you want me to listen to, go through, go over. Any baseball topics you want me hit on to, hit on anything like that. I'm all I'm all ears for you guys, and uh, want to make sure it's something you guys like. So until next time, I'm Patrick, aka Oddball BB. We'll see you again.